Greetings all and welcome to another edition of The Hardest Word with me, Brett Dehoot. A very special edition, this time, one real apology from one real person, from one specific part of the globe, Rwanda, specifically 1994. You don't have to be an expert in history to know that that was one of the darkest years of the 20th century. 800,000 people killed in 100 days. A very orchestrated and organised and still in some ways entirely inexplicable massacre of the Tutsis by the Hutus. The disagreement between the groups was largely economic and social. It was not religious. And it unleashed, of course, generations of trauma, which is being played out even as we speak. This apology from the minute I got it, I knew would be unparalleled by any other apology I'm ever likely to receive on this podcast. And so I decided to feature it alone. It is a remarkable little insight into what it's like to be placed into a situation A, you should never be placed in, and B, for which there is really no right answer. Let's hear it. My name is Gatete. I'm from Kigali, Rwanda. I want to apologize to the man I didn't save in 1994 genocide against Tutsi, something that's been haunting me for 24 years and it will probably haunt me for the rest of my life. It was 14th of April, 1994, seven days since the unfathomable killing plan was being executed by Lothris Hutomirishir. Kids were being slaughtered, women raped, old men strangled, and men beaten to death. Thousands of people were getting brown up by grenades in their churches where they hoped to find solace. All the livers were colored red by innocent people's blood, although it wasn't that horrific for me as for the Tutsis because I, was a, I wasn't being hunted. I was in the same ethnic group with the murderers. Even though I didn't kill anyone, I feel guilty of a lot of people's death. I had a glimpse on the killer's hit list, and I knew many of victims. I could have warned them. Some were my neighbors. We went to the same church every Sunday, but I didn't tell them what was coming for them, the horrifying death that was closing in. I always felt guilty for that, but again, I make an excuse for myself that if I had warned them and brought up the killer's long-term plan, they would have killed me too. And that excuse seems to block all those thoughts sometimes. But now, not one memory in particular. The memory of the man I didn't say when I could and I should have. Around 8 p.m., it was already a dark night and full of tellers. That's when a man knocked on my door. Open the door, please, he said in a very trembling voice. I recognized his voice immediately. Mushenjis was a good man who had a beautiful family of seven, his wife Kamariza and six children, who were mostly teenagers and young adults. They murdered my whole family with machetes and they are following me here. He said with a wobbly voice, he came to my house probably because he knew that in the whole village 
I was almost the only Hutu who wasn't involved in killings, who had altercations with the Hutu leaders. He thought I could, I could save him. I was thinking about what to do when my wife kept whispering the same sentence over and over. Don't open for that cockroach. I thought about what the killers would do to me if they found one of their most wanted men hiding in my home. I stood in silence for a while before I told him to go somewhere else before he gave me killed too. Before he could speak again, we heard a sudden noise of people chanting louder and louder as they get close. It was them, in their harmony, trained cold-hearted killers. They found him trying to flee from my house, and they took him away chanting hateful words. I don't know if he survived, but it's very unlikely to escape the death when you got in the hands of Inerahamni. They hacked tootsies with machetes, and then they used the same machetes to butcher cows and eat their meat, lie there with the corpses lying down. They were monsters. Me, on the other hand, I was no different. What I did was the inhumane thing any person could do. I felt guilty from that day until today. Before the genocide ends, I saved two tootsie teenage girls. I thought hiding them would make me feel less guilty, but it didn't. So, before I die, I want to apologize to you, my neighbor. You were a peaceful man. You didn't deserve all that. Your family didn't deserve to die like that. And I definitely don't deserve your forgiveness, but I'm going to ask anyway. Because guilty is a heavy burden to bear alone my life. Alone my night's sleep and my daily thoughts. If I could do it all over again, I would have saved you or died with you. That's an apology that will stay with you for quite some time. Folks, that's it. Series one of The Hardest Word is complete. I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope you'll stay a part of the show via Facebook and Twitter and the website. We'll be opening up for new apologies very soon. Why not take your chance to make an apology? Might make a real difference. In the meantime, on behalf of Brian Wallace, who puts this show together, if you're hearing it, it's thanks to him if you're enjoying the music and the atmosphere and that sensitive handling of all things audio. That's Brian's work. Dub Robot is his website, dubrobot.com, to find out more about him. You don't need to find out any more about me, your host, Brett Dude, except to say that, yes, we will be back with Season 2 of The Hardest Word very, very soon. Farewell.